Good morning, good evening. Well, early this morning, late this evening, right? Good evening. It's good to see each and every one out with us for our evening half of our worship service. Still struggling with all this sinus drain stuff, and it's slowly coming out. So, again, bear with me. <clears throat> this evening, I want us to turn to the lesson that we was going to speak about this morning, and we sang a song right before this lesson, Oh, I Want to See Him. What a wonderful song to... To, to sing before our lesson. In the end of this lesson, we're going to ask us ask a question in the song, is your, heart, is your heart right with God? What a wonderful question to ask. We need to remember those things in our everyday walk of life, not just necessarily here in our worship service, but we need to make sure our heart is right in the eyes of God. So if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, turn back with me to John chapter 6. We're going to start reading in the 22nd verse. I had my page turned to the second half of the latter end of this lesson. I was like, wait a minute, that ain't where I wanted to start. Here's where I want to start. John chapter 6 and verse 22. <clears throat> now keep in mind, this is right after Jesus walks on the sea. And many disciples are with him. But we see Jesus teaching a wonderful lesson. He... Uh, Previous to this, in his uh, temptation of, Jesus, of, of Satan, as Jesus is tempted of Satan, Jesus tells Satan something specific whenever he, uh, Satan says, just command this rock to become bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. He's going to have a continuation of that thought right here. Now previous, whenever uh, the house of Israel is in the wilderness right after the Egyptian exodus. Here they find themselves starving to death. But did God not provide for them? He did. Bread came down from heaven. They was able to collect that bread and to eat it. Time and time again, God takes care of his people. But if we remember, the trials in the wilderness were not a good one for the house of Israel, for they rebelled against God. The scriptures reveal to us as well that they were not able to enter into God's rest because their evil heart of disbelief. We need to look at our hearts often. We need to look at ourselves without then and, and realize what type of person we are in the eyes of God. For his... Judgment is like that two-edged sword. And we will stand before him in judgment one day. So I'm going to open up to John chapter 6, begin reading with me in the 22nd verse. <clears throat> on the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one which his disciples had entered and, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. 
Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Huh. Again, Jesus knows the hearts of these folks. <clears throat> Here they're, they're fed by Jesus. On the other side, they realize he ain't around no more. Well, they, they chase after him. Jesus knows their hearts as well. You're not chasing me because of, because of spiritual food. No, 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 you didn't do that. You chased me because I fed you. Now keep in mind, these were folks who were hungry. These folks who were seeking something better. They were, they were struggling in their, their, their uh, earthly life. They had it difficult. So we remember these folks. And to us, compared to them, we're, we're rich, we're wealthy, we're blessed beyond measure. And these folks were not. So here Jesus says, I say to you, seek. Well, I say to you, you seek me not because you gave the signs or you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. And Jesus makes the point here in verse 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes. An echo of what he told Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone but by the word of God. He continues on in 27, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. This food is available for us today. It never perished. It's still here. Do you know what this food is? It's the word of God. The word of God reveals to us everlasting life. It reveals to us iniquities. It reveals to us the pathway to remove those iniquities, as we are very well assured. When we receive it with an open heart, Jesus is telling them, you labor for food that perishes. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Labor for something that's going to last and endure forever. For the food from God, spiritual food, the Word, leads to everlasting life. We don't fully grasp the gravity of that. Today, we, we grasp some of it, but not all of it, because it's unfathomable. It's unfathomable to us. It's one of the secrets has been kept to us. Now we've been. It's been revealed to us enough to be obedient to the word. It's been revealed enough to us to be made aware of salvation. It's been made available to us to have our sins remitted, to stand before God justified, which is important, by the way, for a reflection this morning of justification. Are we seeking food which endures? The mass majority of the people are no. They don't care about God's word. They don't want to adhere to it. They don't even want to open it up. You talk to them about it, they shut their ears off. Why is this? Why do, have, we can, have we thought about it enough? We've studied about that situation before. When we encounter someone who wants to turn their ears off and don't want to listen to you, they're set in their ways. They're enjoying their sin. We remember Jesus in his early years here upon this earth, as he called himself the light of the world. Men hated the light, but they loved the darkness because they didn't want their evil deeds revealed. Well, Jesus done that. He reveals our evil darkness are evil works of darkness. When I say our, I mean people. 
but he encourages those folks who followed him across the across the sea in their own boats. Keep in mind, Jesus didn't take a boat across the sea. He actually walked. But he tells them, don't seek the food which endures forever. Don't do it. Don't labor for that food because it's going to be gone. Once it's gone, it's gone. But our Heavenly Father offers us an opportunity to have everlasting life by being obedient to this food. When I say obedient to this food, obedient to the Word. We partake of this food. We eat of it. <clears throat> the angel that told John in Revelation, he's, the angel told John to take this book and eat it. Y'all remember that? Whenever, whenever the angel told John, take this book. Take this little book. That's God's word, right? Take this little book and eat it. For it will be sweet to your lips as honey. Oh, but it's going to be bitter to your stomach. I can relate to that. We all can relate to that. We learn about salvation. We learn about everlasting life. We learn about uh, a loving Savior that gave His life for our sins to be remitted. We learn about a loving Heavenly Father that wants to save us on Judgment Day. I said wants. Because that thought reflects from 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. So when we come to Christ, when we adhere to the spiritual food that He's talking about, we labor for it, the spiritual food. And our Heavenly Father will forgive us on that great day to stand pure, holy, and justified. Now keep in mind, don't get me wrong, I will never not preach immersion or baptism for the remission of sins. I'm not saying that you can do all these wonderful works to be saved. This was to those who are Christians. These folks who were seeking Christ here were not Christians. They were, they were ignorant according to the scriptures, like many of his disciples were until they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, especially his apostles. <clears throat> and then it was sure enough revealed to them, as we are very well aware. And in verse 28, <clears throat> when they said to him what shall we do that we may work the works of God <laughs> Jesus answered and said to them this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent can I ask you a question how do you believe in, how do you believe in Jesus how, how do we do that is it a feeling it's, it's Got some to do with a feeling, right? How many of us are thankful to be Christians? We're thankful for that opportunity of salvation. We're thankful to not have partakings of a of a wicked and dying nation. For we know the outcome of that process, we know the outcome of that path leads to destruction. Are we thankful we have the opportunity to be saved? Jesus is saying, to do the work of God. To do the work of the Father, believe in the Son. Can we believe in the Son today? Most assuredly. By doing the works of the Son. By following His examples, as I've said many, many times, and I'll continue to say, to live out our lives as Jesus would have continued living. Because He's living in us, is He not? His children. God's children, that is. Christ is abiding in us. My mind goes to that prayer that Jesus prayed for 
then disciples, actually himself, then disciples, and then future disciples, you and I today, those who are going to believe in him. His prayer was this, that we'll be one with Christ, just as Christ is one with the Father. Y'all remember those words? Do you remember that prayer? Jesus loved us enough to be concerned about us. He prayed for us to have an opportunity to believe in Him, to do His work, to be the Christians that we should be. Thankfully, we, can, we have that option. <clears throat> Therefore, they say to Him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? <laughs> the reason why I laugh at this, Jesus did, just did something, did He not? Now keep in mind, these folks ask him, when did you come over here? Remember his disciples in the boat? Don't you think they should have spoke up? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He just walked across the water. He didn't come in a boat. You think they would have spoke up? Maybe they didn't have an opportunity. So they asked Jesus, what type of sign are you going to perform? What, what, what thing are you going to do? If we notice a pattern in the Old Testament, oh, not, excuse me, not the Old Testament, but in Jesus' early years, because they were still in the Old Testament because Jesus hadn't died, but as Jesus is teaching the kingdom of heaven, time and time again, they ask him, what type of sign are you going to give us? He had been doing signs, had he not? He had been doing things that's impossible with men to do. I can't do those things that Jesus did. I can't do, you can't do those things that Jesus did. So here they continue to say, what, what type of sign? What are you going to do? What are you going to perform? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the God, for the bread of God, is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Did you hear what Jesus just said? In John chapter 6 and verses 32 and 33. I'm going to read it again. Listen to it very carefully. Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. Right? Moses didn't do it. It didn't. But the Father did. But my Father uh, did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father that gives you the true bread from heaven. So I said, well, we're waiting on this bread. We hadn't seen this bread. My mind goes to the, to the woman at the, at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Here we're talking about bread that endures to everlasting life. And there to her, he's, he's uh, revealing unto her an everlasting water that, or that spring up into everlasting, everlasting life that she shall never thirst again as she partake to this water. And Jesus teaches her a lesson. She even goes back into town, leaves the water pot, and says, this could be the Christ. Y'all come see. They didn't believe her words, but they did follow out there to check him out. And many believed in Jesus. Many believed in his teachings. But Jesus said, this true bread. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. <laughs> they were missing the point. They, they were missing the point. We cannot miss the point. 
as Jesus offers everlasting life. God, through Jesus, offers everlasting life. We just be we just got to be adherent to his commands. That's easy to say, though, is it not? That's easy to say. Just, just be faithful. We sing a song, uh, Troublesome Times Are Here. Troublesome Times Are Here. For we can see Satan everywhere. We can see his works. He's like that roaring lion continues to devour folks even to this day, even this hour right now. Heed not the devil. Don't follow him. Follow Jesus. For he offers everlasting life. He is that bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Jesus is talking about himself. Here he's talking to them. This bread, in a matter of speaking, is standing right before them. <clears throat> then they said to him in verse 34, Lord, give us this bread always. See, they're still, they're still missing the point. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. How, many, how much more plain can Jesus be in his words? <coughs> Excuse me. He can't get any more plain. And he says, I am the bread of life. The words that I speak give everlasting life. He shall never hunger nor thirst. That sounds wonderful. Remember the Beatitudes, right? How about this one? Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness' sake, for he shall be filled. Are we hungering and thirsting for God? Only you can answer yourself that. I can't answer that for you. It's my prayer that we are. Because we were hungering and thirsting. You ever been hungry before? I mean, really hungry. You ever been really thirsty? Don't matter what it tastes like, as long as you're eating, right? It tastes good. I mean, it's, it's good. You don't, don't remember what it tastes like because you're that hungry. I don't remember that. <clears throat> When troublesome times arise, Jesus will always be there. Might not taste great. That rebuction or that correction, we might not like it. But the end result, it's worth it. For therefore you will be filled. <laughs> when we come to him with a true heart, giving up the world, and that is the part that don't taste good. Giving up the ways of the world, the... the the, the sinfulness and the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eye. you got to give those things up. Even myself, they're not easy to give up, are they? We've got to work at it. We've got to continue to stay steadfast in our obedience to our Heavenly Father so as we can never hunger nor thirst again as we read this word and apply, apply our lives unto it. For on that great day, it would be way better than not adhering to it and not being obedient to it. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Think about that statement right there. 
Do you think Satan has the blinders on people? Oh, most assuredly. Oh, they definitely do. All the wonderful works that Jesus did, all the wonderful teachings that he taught, all the folks that he helped. Let's look at the as God's chosen people. The reason why I say it that way, they were God's chosen people before Christ came. And as they stumbled at Christ, they lost their connection. They were no longer God's chosen people. Those who rebuked Christ couldn't adhere to him. They were disconnected to God. My mind goes to that parable of the uh, natural olive tree. As those branches who weren't producing or, or those branches were cut off, they was able to be grafted back in, weren't they? By the Jews' repentance and believing in Jesus. But here he's saying, you, you're looking at me. You, you, you see me. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. Satan's blinders are powerful. We need to make sure that we don't have those blinders on. We need to make sure we're evaluating our spirituality. We're evaluating our relationship with Jesus. We have to. And when I say evaluate, I mean we look at our lives. Does it look like Christ? Does it look like do I, do I look like someone who God is pleased with? Well, I seriously hope we are. Because <clears throat> in the act of believing Jesus, I said the act, not just the feeling, leads you down a much better pathway in believing in Jesus. I did not say it was going to be easy. I will never say that. The scriptures even tell us it's, it's not going to be easy. They will revile and persecute us. They will speak evil of us. They're going to hate us, whereas they hated Jesus first. <clears throat> so here, Jesus says, you, you're looking at me. You see me. You still don't believe. All the works that I've done, you still don't believe. He just walked across the water. No one else can do that. You still don't believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now that's, that's important in verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus being, having all power and authority, all those things were given to him. But not to do his will, but whose will? God's will. So in retrospect, all the way through 2,000 and almost 24 years, right? A little more than that. But we look at ourselves. I seriously hope. I seriously, seriously hope that we will not be cast out when we come to him. Of course, he says he will not. But if we do not believe in him, if we do not come to him, in the opposite of that, we will be cast out. People, people will be cast out. <clears throat> but all Jesus' authority. He says, I've come to do the Father's will, not my own will. Whose will are we trying to do today? God's will. We had better be trying to do God's will. Well, let's, let's, let's get a more personal. Let's, let's 
Let's dial it in upon ourselves. Well, first off, as we're very well aware, what's the will of God? That all men everywhere will come to repentance. That's, that's the will of God, right? That's, that's the root and the grounded and the, the bottom denominator right from there and from there up. All men everywhere will come to repentance. When we look at ourselves and we need repentance. Jesus needed no repentance. He, he, was, he was sinless. But yet the instructions that he got from his father to proclaim his word, to do the will, to be sinless, to be that sin-free sacrifice or that spot-free lamb for our sacrifice, for our sins to be remitted and to be crucified on that cross. Jesus knew all that was happening. He knew all that was coming to be. Come, coming to, coming to be. He knew that when he left heaven. But guess what he did? He was obedient to his father, even knowing, even knowing he was going to become human being and endure the sufferings that he had to endure. But he done it. He done it. How does that compare to our doing the will of the Father? Coming to repentance, doing the work of the Father, doing Jesus' work, continuing in the Word, so as we can never hunger and thirst again. <clears throat> this is the will of the Father who set me that all he has given me. I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. All that he has given me. Folks, these are his disciples. All that he has given me. To not lose it. <laughs> Do we know what the absence of repentance looks like? The absence of repentance looks like lost. Period. So when we don't repent, are we doing the will of God? No, we're not. If we're not doing the will of God, are we Christ? No, we are not. So therefore Christ is saying, all that God has given me that I shouldn't lose. Well, so as Christ is here talking to these people, talking to us today through his scriptures, he's telling us to be obedient to his word. Live the life that I'm living. So as you cannot lose your salvation. So as you do not, not cannot, because we can. So as you do not lose your salvation, let me get that right. Because it's an option. As we've seen many folks here, even here at Booth Chapel have walked away from God. Living a life of iniquity as of right now. Refusing to come back. I, I, I don't understand. Those who live out in the world full of iniquity. Yeah, I know, I know ignorance plays a big part. I, I know this. Or the lack of knowledge, the lack of what they're doing is going to result in condemnation. But are we, are, we, are we revealing that unto them? This is where you're going is lost. Where you're going is you're going to be condemned. We need to be given the instruction so that as on judgment day, we have saved so many just by our speech, just by our encouragement. Folks, that goes so long. That goes, that goes a very, very long way with that encouragement. <clears throat> And this, is the will, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We read in Revelation this morning that Jesus says, I am an Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the beginning, I am the end. Jesus said those things. 
He was the beginning. He's the end. So in the end, where are you going to be? What a wonderful question. We need to ask ourselves that question time and time again. The life that Jeremy is living, am I showing Christ that I want to be raised up unto salvation on judgment day? Now change my name to yours. With a repentant heart, coming to God, asking him to forgive you of those sins, because we sin, let's not get let's not deceive ourselves. We sin, we fall short, but not not let the sun set on our sins. <clears throat> Again, because tomorrow's not promised. So as we are abiding in his word, coming to the knowledge that we need repentance to turn away from those sins, God will forgive us if we confess those sins. If you are a child of God, and he will restore you. So I want to ask a question tonight. Are you living a life that says, hey, you want to partake of this bread? I want bread that's, that's everlasting. Are you living a life that says that? Are you living a life that says, I want to come unto you, Jesus? So we think about faithful service. Faithful service starts with baptism. I'm not going to not, I'm not, going to not say anything about it. Because somebody said, well, he didn't say anything about baptism. It's essential for your salvation. That's our access to God through Christ. We put him on. We're buried with him through baptism. And it washes our sins away. Baptized for the remission of sins. So after that, we start our spiritual walk with God. Living a life that's mimicking Christ. But today, this evening, I want to offer an extension of God's love. If you need repentance, don't wait. Don't hesitate. We're about to stand and sing the song of invitation to encourage you. To now, Is your heart right with God? Is it? Because if it's not right with God, we need to make a change tonight. While it's still tonight, because tomorrow might not be there. Christ might be coming. Yeah, we've got, we've got plans. We've got things that we've, that we've got in motion that we're going to plan on doing things. They may not happen. You know, they, they very well may not happen. Are we ready for a coming Savior? Because he is coming. I tell the guys at work, anytime I refer to uh, retirement, right, I look at it, look at my fake watch on my arm, I go tick-tock. Tick-tock. Six years come January, even closer tick-tock, right? But there is no retirement with Christianity. We've got to keep on keeping on. Like Paul told Timothy, I fought the good fight. Let's continue to keep let's continue to fight that good fight by proclaiming God's word. Living in our lives, say, I want that bread from heaven. I do not want to be condemned. I want to be raised with Christ on that last day. So my encouragement tonight, do you need repentance? Do you need confession? Do you need prayer? Do you need baptism? Please don't wait as we stand as we sing the song of invitation.